Hello and welcome back to Earth Like Heaven. My name is Doug Ressler and joining me as always is Robbie Sherry and we are here to help you close the gap between heaven and earth in your life by learning to live like Jesus. Robbie, this week we are looking at this verse where Jesus says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. As you and I were kind of talking about this before the the podcast, we're talking about like how that it's critical to kind of look at persecuted for righteousness sake is like a, is like a whole single idea. It's a single idea. It's not just blessed are those who are persecuted because people claim to be persecuted for all sorts of things Mm -hmm. these days. Some of it's legitimate. Some of it's not legitimate. Most of it, in my opinion, is at least in the West in America is probably not legitimate. It's tough to claim persecution when you're living in a place like Parker, mm-hmm. you know, you have access to all the things that we have access to. Again, not to say that it, it's, it doesn't happen, but it's just, it's, it's by comparison to some of the persecution that has happened throughout history or happened around the world today. It's just, it's just not the same, you know, going to Walmart and having someone wish you happy holidays is not persecution on the level uh. that believers around the world today suffer from in places like China and Iran and some of those kinds right. of things. And so we, I think we have to be careful, I guess is my point, in what we call persecution. And, and, and then we have to be careful in terms of like, so what are we actually being persecuted for? Right. You know, are we being persecuted because, you know, we're being an idiot you know, I think some level, like I'm acting like a fool. And so then I claim I'm being persecuted. No, that's not what we're talking about here. We're, we're talking about being persecuted for the sake of righteousness. Mm-hmm. And we talked about righteousness a few weeks back about how that has to do with being right with God. So I am seeking to be right with God. And because I'm seeking to be right with God, I'm actually being singled out for that search and for that approach to life. Yeah. And as a result of being singled out, I'm now being attacked um, or I'm being, people are coming after me or whatever it might be, right? I'm being limited or I'm being restricted or I'm being restrained um, on some level. In that respect, I think you could say, for instance, like uh, what the celebrated case here in Colorado of the masterpiece Baker, Mm. he is being singled out. And this is what the Supreme Court just said in its most recent ruling. There's, he's, he has since been taken back to court, I think, but in its most recent ruling, they actually said, you are being singled out because of your faith. Um, and the Supreme Court cited actually one of the, one of the, the officials here in Colorado who, who actually said that and, yeah. and basically felt like, you know, his, the, you know the, the baker's faith had no place essentially in the marketplace. Right. Which, now that's legit. Mm-hmm. Like, that's legit. And, um, and I thought that was uh, just, again, fascinating. It's just amazing to watch this guy try and live out his face in the public sphere through his business, all the different things that he's trying to like nuance out and, and some of those kinds of things. And he gets attacked for all kinds of things that, you know, some of which isn't even legitimate right. that he's trying to do and some of those kinds of things. So yeah. that, that is happening. So again, I don't want to make light of it because that is happening. It certainly is impacting his livelihood and those kinds of things. But I think by and large, what people call persecution may or may not be for righteousness sake necessarily. Sure. Right. So we got to be careful about that. Mm-hmm. So when you think of Persecution for righteousness sake, again, single idea, single unit. What's the first thing that comes to mind? I think of the righteousness sake, honestly, the back half of it. Okay. Uh, We talked about being right with God. Mm -hmm. And so people ostracizing you, not giving you opportunities, Mm -hmm. or coming after you and being malicious or degrading Mm -hmm. or accusatory or any of that for the sake of your efforts to be right with God. Mm. There's this promise of a blessing mm-hmm. on the other side of it. It's it's this from Jesus, I think he goes, "Yeah, if you are living rightly mm. with me, you will have you will stir angst among mm. other people 
and it's okay. Like they, they did it to me first. So you're going to get it. That's the first thing mm-hmm. I, I suppose I think of. I'm it, honestly, one of the things that comes to mind right now is your uh, alma mater, mm-hmm. CU. There's right. a football coach there. Yes. Coach uh, Prime. There he is. And he's, he's he ain't decided, hard to find. He's decided to open meetings with prayer. Right. right. And people are saying you, you cannot do that. Yeah. He kind of got his hand slapped for that mm-hmm. um, on some level. And uh, you know, so he's having to wrestle with what does it mean for me to practice my faith? Cause I, he's very clearly a believer and that's a very important part of who he is. And so he's going to, he is going to be who he is. And so he's trying to figure out how to do that in a public space right. for a public university and all of those kinds of things. And so, yeah, then the question becomes, is that persecution? Just it, being told he can't. Right. Right. Or being told that he can't do it in that particular way. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, which is really, I think, what they're really wrestling with is where where is it okay for him to express his faith and where does him express his faith becoming coercive towards those who may be on the team who are not believers, like all the power dynamics in play. Like, I mean, there's so many interesting questions around yeah. that. And, and, and you're right. Some people would view that as like persecution. He's being restricted mm-hmm. in his ability to practice his faith in the public sphere. And I think, so, so I look at that and I go, you know, that's a, that's a legit issue. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think it's really interesting and I think it's really worth really diving into where, where does like religious freedom, yeah. right. Yeah. And as well as the, 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 just the reality that we live in a pluralist society. Like how do those two things go together yeah. and how do you do yeah. it well and all that kind of stuff. I don't, I guess probably cause my frame of reference is shaped by a more global perspective right. on persecution. I just don't look at that as persecution. Now right. I could be wrong on that. So I, I mean, I fully admit, you know, my, my, when I, when I think persecution for righteousness think, I mean, I just have, I have people in mind, right. And real people, real men and women who, Ethiopia, you go yes, there. who are suffering tremendously for their faith. That's why they're suffering. They're mm-hmm. going into a village, they're preaching the gospel and they're getting beaten. Yeah. Or they're getting their homes burned, their homes burned down, all that kind of stuff. And it's all the, it's because they're, it's because they're a Christian. Yeah. And they're in a, maybe a, a Muslim dominated area, or maybe they're in like a pagan dominated area. And, and because they're in these areas where they, they are almost unique in that there's no other Christians around. They're the only Christian around Mm -hmm. and they're preaching this message. They are being attacked you know, for their faith. And I get, I just have spent so many hours talking to these folks. And so again, that's my frame of reference is sure. to think about like the physical persecution that comes. I mean, I was in, I was in Eastern Ethiopia a couple of years ago and, and we were having our conference, our training conference. And I don't know, there's all these people that, you know, were there. And, um, as we're checking people in, we're noticing that there's certain, there's a certain group that's missing, you know, a number of names. I don't remember how many who, who were not at the conference and we're like, Hey, what's going on? with these guys that are not the conference. Like that's, that's part of their commitment to us. We, we resource them for three years. Part of their commitment to us is that they will make these conferences. So, you know, just asking the question of the local leader there. And he goes, well, he goes, you know, like, you know, eight of them are in prison right now for their faith. Mm-hmm. And like five of them are in the hospital recovering from no injuries and two of them are dead. Right. And I, I, you know, as a, an American Christian, like those are just not categories I ever have to worry about. Right. They, I really don't. Right. And I'm like, wow, like this is serious. I mean, th- this is life and death over here for yeah. these folks. Like we're sending these people out into areas that, I mean, where they're taking their lives at, I mean, they're putting their lives at risk. They're ta- I mean, 
and their families and, and all these different things. It's just unbelievable. And of course, Africa is not the only place that's happening. You see it happening with believers in China. You see it happening with believers in Iran, Iraq, Syria. I mean, you name it. There's these, these believers are under the gun. I was talking, when I was in Israel last summer, I was talking to our guide who is an Israeli citizen, a Palestinian by birth, mm-hmm. a Christian by religion, an Arab by race. Right. So he sits at the intersection of all these tensions over there, right? And he's talking about that as a Palestinian Christian, he feels like he's under persecution because of how, yeah. you know, the Jewish state treats in general the Palestinian Christians. It's mm-hmm. just so interesting to me. And again, whatever you think about the politics and all of those kinds of things, lay all that aside, right? I mean, persecution, <laughs> at least in the scriptures, when we're talking about persecution, we're, we're not just talking about inconvenience. We're not just talking about having our feelings hurt. We're talking about life and death. Right. We're talking about... That's a good distinction. Yeah. And, and so that's... I kind of want to focus on that. I do think like the next statement down that Jesus makes where he says, Blessed are those when others revile you, persecute you, and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. I think that maybe gets more into like what happens when people attack your reputation, right. like, impugn your character, question your motives, like all of those kinds of things. So I think all of that's real. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that's not real. But when it comes to being persecuted for righteousness sake, we're talking about a group of people who are being attacked physically often, legally often, simply because of their views as a Christian. Yeah. And, 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 and what Jesus says to those folks is, yours is the kingdom of heaven. And I think that's because when you're in that place where you're being persecuted, again, locally, let's take the guy who's got the bakery, mm-hmm. right? At the end of the day, it appears to me, and I hope this isn't true, but it appears to me that our culture isn't going to stop until that guy loses his business. Right. For context, he's a he's a baker. Correct. Who had a uh, same-sex couple approach him and ask for a wedding cake for their union. Right. And he said, you know, I, I, I make these cakes. You can have this cake, this cake, this cake, but I'm not going to do a same-sex union cake. Mm-hmm. And... So that went all the way to the Supreme Court because right. he said, you're asking me to do something that goes against my And I'm an artist and this creates, an, you know, I'm creating yeah. art here. I'm not just baking a cake kind of thing. Yeah. And I think it had to do with the fact that they wanted a specific message on it. Right. That he wouldn't do. He was happy to bake him a cake. Just a, yep. But, but he wouldn't put the specific message on it, I believe, yeah. is the, the, the context there. So I've, I think you're right. It goes back to the idea of Christianity is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like nobody argues. It's, it's. It's interesting to me that we're ripping down the Ten Commandments in front of public spaces and everything right. like that, because if you just went to somebody and said, I think it's a pretty good idea to honor parents mm-hmm. in our culture, to not steal, right. Uh, right. to love our neighbors, to, right. to do all these things, they're really good ideas. The idea of Christianity is something that I think everybody wants. Right. It's when you associate, when you, when you bring God in. Mm-hmm. That that now it becomes offensive, and even that to a certain extent, it it, it doesn't yeah. seem to doesn't seem to bother people when you say God bless you. Right. As soon as you utter the name Jesus, yeah. now different. now yeah. it becomes a challenge. And so when we're talking about being persecuted for righteousness' uh-huh. sake, I think there's something in in America anyway that nobody's going to threaten your life for being kind. Right. Right. No one's going to threaten your life if you are not stealing, mm-hmm. if you are not lying. So I think there's also, when we talk about sort of real persecution mm-hmm. and not real persecution, there's 
there are people who are going to come after you and it's not because of your manifestation mm-hmm. of the Christian faith. Yeah. 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 They'll come after you for lots of other things. That's yeah. exactly right. Is that your, that's, that's yeah. kind of the point you're driving Absolutely. at. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, for, for us, we're, we are talking about your manifestation of the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. So again, thinking about other places where I've seen it. I remember when I was the chaplain in the prison that I worked at and there was an inmate in there who um, had become a pastor, had gotten a lot of training. Good friend of mine, Howard Thompson, a uh, great guy preaches. He's a pastor out in New Jersey now and just an amazing man of God. And he had become a pastor. He had gotten, gone through all the training, gotten ordained and they would not let him preach. Now, interestingly enough, they had no problem with the Muslim in the Muslim community with having inmates preach, but right. it was something about Howard they went after him, try and make an example of him. And I thought that was legit persecution. Here he is, a, you know, an inmate. Um, he's not being disruptive. He's not being violent. He, he was a model inmate in many, many ways. You know, follow all the rules, all those kinds of things. Wasn't expecting special treatment. And, but because he was like the highest profile preacher in the prison, they went after him versus like the Muslim imam or, yeah. you know, all these other things. It was really, really interesting. And, and, and here's the, you want to talk about something really interesting. Yes. Um, cause I got, <laughs> because I got deposed in this. I had to like provide like an affidavit and like all this other stuff for my time there. Really interesting was the fact that he was defended by the ACLU. In prison. In the prison for not huh. being allowed to preach. Isn't that interesting? That I is. had no idea the ACLU had like a religious freedom division. Now, it's kind of funny. It's only like two lawyers, right. but, but they do have a religious freedom to, and they took the case and they won. Wow. They won. And, and I thought that was awesome. I mean, it was a beautiful picture of like how here's a guy who's being singled out for his faith, not being allowed to practice his faith, mm. being restricted in that way for no good reason. Right. Right. And he was able to fight it and push back on it. Um, you know, and, and you could probably give some examples, like certainly during COVID, there were, there were churches and faith communities that would sue the government for locking them down, but not locking down the gym. Right. Right. They're being singled out mm-hmm. on some level. That was their argument. We're being singled out when all these other businesses can stay open and we, we can't. Right. You know, those kinds of things. And so I think all of those questions, right, kind of go into the mix. I think what, where, I, where I'd like to take the conversation is to say, okay, so we, we know that's going to happen. And it's going, to look, it's going to look a lot of different ways depending on where you're at in the world, where you live in the world, you know, the particular government that you live under, you know, all of those kinds of things. But at the end of the day, how we respond to persecution really, I think, is determined by do we believe the promise that Jesus has for us here that ours is the kingdom of heaven? Because if, if I am being persecuted and... I'm not as sure about that promise that I'm going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. Then I'm going to do all I can to fight tooth and nail against it mm. because I'm trying to secure my kingdom here on earth. Right. But if, if I really believe that my kingdom, that my inheritance is the kingdom of heaven, it's something beyond this world, something that the governments of this world cannot touch, something that the businesses of this world cannot touch. I mean, certainly we've seen cases where Christians have been let go from positions of influence and power in our society because they hold to a biblical understanding of sexuality. They hold to a biblical understanding of marriage or something like that, right? And they get let go or the pressure on those companies to let those people go, right? So we know those things, again, happen. Now the question is, how do you respond? And if you're holding on to the things of this earth or you're holding on to your position or you're holding on to those kinds of things, then I think your tempta- the temptation is going to be to do everything you can to fight 
the persecution as it comes, rather than lay hold of the kingdom of heaven. And the interesting thing, when you look throughout history or you look throughout the world today, where persecution is taking place, they endure it. And the gospel is spreading like wildfire. And the gospel is spreading like fire, but they don't fight it, Hmm. which I think is interesting. That's not to say they don't like stand up or, you know, make an appeal to the local governing officials to like, you know, please, can you like make sure we're not beaten to death? Yeah. You know, stuff like that. But they don't, they don't seem to take it to that next level of now I'm going to spend all of my energy and time and resources fighting what I consider to be an injustice. Instead, they continue to focus on the preaching of the gospel, Mm -hmm. even amidst the persecution. Right. And they sort of just endure. Yeah. Which I think is a fascinating response that probably feels so foreign to all of us, especially those of us living in the West, living under the banner of, you know, religious freedom, where we've come to just expect that we will not face persecution because we live in a country where religious freedom is one of our, one of our fundamental rights. Yeah. You know, a couple observations. Yeah. One, it seems like when we're talking about, you know, pursuing righteousness, mm-hmm. that there's there's an active agent involved. It's not it's not this passive Christian life. Mm-hmm. It's not, hey, you're going to get persecuted for just being really quiet and just having your quiet time at right, home, right, and right, totally, yeah. doing this thing. Right. There's, it's like when you are willfully either practicing mm-hmm. your faith or seeking to to gospel others, mm-hmm. right? To, to spread this good news to, to others. And that that's something I think for a lot of comfortable Christians, yeah. part of what you don't experience persecution is because you are not yep. sharing that's this so gospel. True. And that's so, so there's nothing really about you that's offensive to people. Or threatening. Or threatening at yeah, all. And, right. and honestly, you're not... Satan's not threat, threatened by you. That's right. So you're kind of a waste of his time. That's right. He's, he's, he's not going to spend his time having that's people come exactly after right. you. So that's... That, that's one observation. Well, th- let's not let's not pass by that too quickly. Um, so hold on to your second observation. Okay. Can we can we unpack that a little bit? So like I think you're right, and that that's something I hadn't thought about in, in in like looking at this. Blessed are those who are persecuted in for righteousness' sake. The fundamental assumption that Jesus is making there, and you see it of course throughout the Gospels, is that he expects Christians to be practicing their faith in the public square. Yes, he expects that people will be able to see and identify us as believers based on what we believe and how we operate and you know how we do life in in the world that it'll be so public that yeah we potentially could be a threat to the current you know political or social order just like mm-hmm. Jesus was a threat to them yeah. I mean Jesus wasn't hung on a cross cuz he loved everybody he was hung on a cross cuz <laughs> right. he was a threat to the political and the social and cultural order of things and Christians in other places around the world today they are also perceived as a threat because of they are they are threatening to upend yeah. the the sort of normal order of things, and as a result of that, because they're that kind of threat, they get persecuted, they get imprisoned, they get beaten, they get intimidated. You know, threats made against their lives, all those kinds of things, in an effort to try and keep them from doing what Jesus expects from us, which is again mm-hmm. to practice our faith, not just privately in the safety of our own homes, but actually out in the open, out in the world. So whether you're a student, it's at school, or if you're, you know, an adult, it's at your workplace, or it's, you know, while you're watching your kid play soccer, or while you, I mean, it doesn't matter where it is, right? 
that's what Jesus expects. And yeah. so I think that's a really, really excellent point, Robbie. So anyway, that was why I wanted to make that sure. explicit and then we can move on to your second point. But well, I thought that was the really second important. thing that I, that comes to mind is we're talking about for righteousness sake and your afterwards of that is theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Right. And you're talking about how maybe Christians don't value that enough mm-hmm. to, you know, for it to be worth it. Right. Or so they don't, they don't remember that. And I, I think of all of the, re, we call them reality shows, mm-hmm. game shows, uh, even now, TikTok and, and social mm-hmm. media stuff, people will offer exorbitant amounts of money yeah. to people to do something just absurd. Right. And the, the goal is to get somebody to do something, whatever it might mm-hmm. be. So you can ask somebody, you know, hey, would you, would you do this totally embarrassing thing? No way. What if I gave you a million dollars? Right. And you, you always watch people sort of do the mental calculations yep, of going yeah, like, right. well, I don't know, I could get fired or I right. could, you know, go viral for the wrong reasons, but right. I'm going to get a mil- I'm going to get $5 million right. for this thing. Yes. Right. And so you, you compare that, what people are willing to do for their own health, they'll eat something for their own reputation, they'll do right. something for their own just status, and they just go, yes, it's worth it. But then you tell a Christian, go proclaim the gospel. You're probably going to get persecuted right. for it. Right. But don't worry, the kingdom of heaven is yours. Mm. And you, you see the mental calculations yep. happen again, they go, eh, right. yeah, not worth it. At least in, in places like America, it seems yeah. like uh-huh. where people are comfortable and they'd say, you know, I'll take what's behind door number two. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right. And I think that, you know, again, it, it, because we're, we're, we're so in touch with the things of this world. That's what we, when we're kind of weighing the risk, right? We're weighing the risk reward there. We're kind of, we have, we have elevated the, our, the value of the things that we have in this world. And we have, we have lowered our value of the things that, you know, come from the kingdom of heaven. Um, Now, I I think that, you know, I want to be quick to say too, that the things of this world are not like unimportant, Sure. Right. And we certainly don't want people like, and I think this is also kind of a misapplication of this verse where people like, well, out of a desire for the kingdom of heaven, they pursue like martyrdom. Hmm. Yeah. They, they, they put themselves in incredibly dangerous places for all the wrong reasons that are more Mm self-promoting than they are. Right. You know, so I think that's, you got to be really careful that you don't become so disconnected with sort of the fundamental realities of this world that you you're 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 seeking out persecution I guess or you're seeking out martyrdom on something like right. again if you're preaching the gospel and proclaiming the gospel it's going to come your way right you don't have to like go seek it or chase it down or whatever i mean sometimes you see like people that will pursue persecution and then like they catch it on video Right. And then they like sort of use it as like a self promotional tool. Right. Yeah. And you're like, all right. I mean, like, I, like, no, that's not persecution. I mean, I, you know, I could think of one guy right now. I won't say his name because it, it, you know, he drives me nuts, but he's, you know, he's a guy that like has gone around over the last few years and he's like been basically seeking out persecution. And then like he takes these selfies of himself and all these other things claiming that he's being persecuted. And it's, it's just not right. It's just not it. And anybody you know, who's but yet he's made, been persecuted. Yet he's making lots of money off it. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, he's leveraged it, right? You know, and you just kind of go, oh, you just sort of shake your head. And so I think there's an appropriate level here of, again, you look back throughout history, you look at the earliest Christians, they did not chase persecution. It came to them. Mm-hmm. They, they, they didn't have to chase it. 
you think about the guys that I know and the gals that I know over in like, like Ethiopia and South Sudan and Uganda and other places like that. They're not chasing persecution. Right. They're just going and preaching the gospel. And then whatever happens is whatever happens. That's what it means to pursue or, or, or that, uh, that's what we mean when we say, blessed are you who are persecuted for righteousness sake, not your own righteousness, not your self-righteousness sake, not look at me, self-promotional, all that kind of stuff. But instead, no, I'm being persecuted because of I'm just going and doing what God has asked me to do. Mm-hmm. And now as a result, I'm getting this blowback. Right. And I will say that there are definite signs of that in our culture today. I mean, I don't know how you think, but I mean, I think about some of the debates we're having around the like issues of equality and anti-discrimination statutes mm-hmm. and religious freedom. Yeah. That, that's a tension point that could result in persecution if you hold to a biblical view on sexuality and gender. Right. I, like, I can see that. That day. I, I, I can see that day coming, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's actually not hard to see, right? Yeah. Um, and it's already probably happening in certain places, right? Depending on where you live in the United States. You know, if you live in one of the more progressive states, you know, and some of those kinds of things. Now, there's at least up to this point still limits to what they can do or not do. But that's not to say that you're not going to face incredible challenges, yeah. you know, those kinds of things. So I, I, I don't, like I said, I don't want to downplay it at the same time. I get nervous about the people that overblow it, you know, again, just because I've been in places where I've seen it in action and, you know, so. I do like the idea that it's, I was looking at the scene in Acts 5. Yeah. The apostles are, are preaching the risen Christ. Right. And they get brought in, uh, before the, the high priest. Yeah. And they basically say, don't keep saying that Jesus was the Messiah. Yeah. Right. And, Peter kind of goes... You can almost... It's almost like they say, you can say anything else. Right. Just don't say that. And Peter goes, uh, yeah, no. Right. Like, should we obey you or should we obey right. God? Right. And there's this there's this big huddle up. You can yeah. just tell that yeah. we didn't think right. they would say that. We right. thought they would say, okay. Right. Uh, so what should we do? And I think it's Gamaliel, mm-hmm. who happens... Yep. That's Paul's teacher too, goes, hey, if this isn't a legitimate thing, yep. it's just going to die off. On its own, like all movements yep. do, et cetera. Yep. Yep. Uh, but if it's the real deal, then who are we to stop it, basically? Right. So the conclusion is, let's have them beaten yeah. and and tell them once again not to do it. So they beat these guys, and it says they're they're walking out of it, and they, they're praising God right. because For the privilege. He, <laughs> yeah. they were honored to have been persecuted uh, in his name for, for doing exactly what he what he called yeah, them to do. Yeah, they don't fight back. They don't appeal to the Roman no. authorities. They don't try and like, you know, I mean, they don't do any of that. No. Nope. They just, like you said, they walk out thanking God. I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, I've met people over in Ethiopia, these pastors that I'm, I'm around. And, you know, I remember one guy, I mean, he, <laughs> I mean, I could think of several guys, but I remember one guy in particular that I'm thinking of where I'm talking to him and he serves in a Muslim dominated area and he goes into these Muslim villages and he preaches and they have threatened his life. They have beaten him to within an inch of his life. They, in fact, they shot him one time, and somehow he miraculously survived a gunshot wound to the head wow. that that passed through one side of his his face, through his eye socket, so it made him blind in one eye, broke his nose, and went out the other side of his face. And he somehow survives this, hmm. and he's still preaching. And when I talked to him about it, 
again, there was no self-promotion, no look at me, look how tough I am, look right. at me, I survived persecution. You didn't show him your scar from uh, like falling in the cross. Yeah. Like, Check out this baby. Right, I didn't show him it. Yeah, none of that stuff. But I was just like, man, how do you? And he was like, it is such a privilege wow. to suffer for the name of Jesus. Like, I mean, for him, he's got his eyes, I think, fixed on his eternal reward, which is where it should be. Yeah. He's not chasing it. He's not, he's not... Not, not making himself a martyr. It's just coming as a result of the work that he's doing. And I think that's really the key when you talk about being persecuted for righteousness sake. How do you know? Well, you know if, if, if on one level you don't, you don't get a benefit from it, hmm. like an earthly benefit from it. Right. And you are, you are just honestly seeking to serve God and you're following you know, as best you're able, like you're honestly seeking to serve God and you're honestly doing your best to serve those around you. Um, and you're not trying to make yourself the center of attention. Right. You know, I mean, I think we've seen, point. we've seen cases, right. Where people claim to be persecuted, but they have intentionally made themselves the center of attention. Yeah. Not the gospel. They've made themselves the center. And it's like, ah, you know, that ain't it. I think that is, uh, is, is really the key. And I think that uh, as we think about this being persecuted for righteousness sake, I think that's really where we have to land is to say, like, again, for whose righteousness? Is it for your righteousness or is it for God's righteousness? And if it's for God, then, then you're going to be, on some level, you're going to be okay with it and you're going to endure it because you recognize that God's got a greater reward for you than just your position, your power, your authority, your possessions in this particular world. So um, on some level, I, I got to be honest, I don't even feel qualified to talk about this one. I know. Simply I'm, because I've never faced it, right? You well, know? I'm hearing you start sentences with, yeah, when I was a pastor to a prison, right. and when I was in Ethiopia, right. and I was like, yeah, when I was in my air-conditioned classroom, <laughs> I felt persecuted. Right. Yeah. When they I made mean, me switch classrooms. Yeah. <laughs> You know, <laughs> they made me wear a tie. I was right. like, oh, this is persecution. Yeah, right, right. It just I mean, sounds so feeble at right. one sense to go, right. yeah, I can empathize with you. But I think you're right. When you when you're around someone who's who's really experienced it, they're not mm -hmm. they're not promoting self. They're promoting the gospel. That's right. They're, they're promoting not the gospel. they're not capturing it on film and trying to go viral. Mm -hmm. They're doing it for the name and fame of Jesus Christ. And that's that's right. That's the key to everything. Right and so there. it becomes an acceptable sacrifice. Yeah. Right. Like it, it becomes it's like, it. yeah, it's it's worth it. And, and yeah, we, 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 we will endure it rather than push back against it or use it as a sort of tool to promote myself, my ministry, my, my next album, my next sermon series, like my I've known, yeah, my brand. I've known pastors that do that. They like intentionally seek it out so that they can, yeah, throw it out on social media in order to, you know, they'll, they'll spark a confrontation in order to put it out on social media yeah, and fire emojis. And it's like, oh my gosh, are you serious right now? Like, you're just doing this to promote yourself. That's not being persecuted for yeah, righteousness. Sake. That's a good point. And if you're not being persecuted for righteousness sake, if you're being persecuted for any other sake, you're not going to receive what Jesus promises the kingdom Correct. of heaven. Because he's just not going to reward you. It's a, it goes back to that old adage I tell people all the time. Like, God does not bless what he says he will not bless. Mm -hmm. He doesn't bless sin. Yeah. 
And so if that's where you're at, he's not going to bless that. So you can't expect that. Anyway, this is a good, good discussion. We'll continue it next time. Uh, Thanks as always to Jake, our guy behind the glass, making us sound good. Please uh, keep listening as we dive deeper into what it means to follow Jesus in the weeks ahead. Uh, Thanks also to Billy who puts these podcasts together and throws them up online. We'd love your comments, love your reviews on whatever platform you choose to listen to your podcast. Subscribe to stay tuned as we release more episodes. We'll talk to you next time.